When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Surfside Bus Lines. Free shuttle buses to and from the Magic Millions. Visit surfside.com.au. Welcome to Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson. Good morning. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Magic Millions Radio. Really looking forward to today's show. Of course, the sales start today, 12 p.m. at the sales complex there at Bundle. Uh, We start off with lot number one, and we've got uh, plenty to get through over the next uh, week or so. So that plenty of interest around uh, those yieldings going under the hammer today and certainly going into the latter part of the week. We might uh, actually discuss some of those later on. I know we spoke to uh, Tim Rowe yesterday from ANZ Bloodstock and he said to keep an eye particularly on lots 1 and 51. But I've got another list here and the other list doesn't contain 1 or 51, but there's plenty of others to have a look at. So we'll see what the wash-up is and we will talk to uh, to Tim Rowe about uh, today's uh, sales and today's uh, results tomorrow on the show. But uh, today we're going to have a chat very, very shortly to form analyst Nick Lloyd. He's going to join me and have a have a bit of a, a dissection or a discussion about this morning's barrier draw, which, of course, took place at uh, Surface Paradise Foreshore there on the beach. We had the barrier draw for the three-year-old Magic Millions Guineas and, of course, the two-year-old Magic Millions Classic. And the Cool and Gatter, the favourite, just eased out a bit, I see, in the market. Out about five cents uh, to around $1.85 in some of the markets after drawing uh, gate number 13. But Kira Ma didn't seem too worried about that. Uh, Tommy Hackett from Ladbrokes will join me after, Nick, and we'll talk to Tommy about those market moves, the shorteners, the drifters, and just to see uh, what price they have, uh, Cool and Gatter, after this morning's barrier draw. Now, today's Magic Millions memory, really looking forward to this one. It's the Super Philly Bold Promise. Now, she's the only two-year-old to win two Magic Million uh, two-year-old classics in the same year. How did that happen? Well, if you stick around after 10.30, you'll find out because we'll be chatting to her jockey who rode her on both of those occasions, the enforcer himself, the great Mick Dittman. So really looking forward to having a, uh, a chat to uh, to Mick after 10.30. I'll do my best to try and catch up with some trainers and jockeys to get their uh, opinions of uh, how exactly their, uh, their horses and their barrier draws this morning will affect the chances of uh, their horses. So looking forward to chatting. I've got the feelers out to a couple of uh, jockeys and trainers. So we'll see how that ends up. But they are obviously very busy this morning. First up on the show, though, we're going to have a chat to Nick Lloyd, as promised. Nick, were you down the beach this morning? Can't hear you, Nick. I don't think I can quite hear Nick at the moment. So we'll just uh, move on to something else. Now, as I mentioned... Earlier, we are going to chat to uh, to Mick Dittman. Uh, looking forward to having a chat to Mick. He uh, he wrote Bold Promise to win the uh, the Magic Millions, but he also wrote General Nadim to win the big race as well. So uh, we'll play a little bit of audio of uh, Bold Promise, and we'll play a little bit of audio with uh, General Nadim winning, of course, in 1997. 
So not just the one Magic Millions for Mick Dittman. Now we've got Nick Lloyd. You there, Nick? Yes, Chris. Good morning oh, to you. How are you this morning? I'm glad you're there. I was starting to, I was starting to panic. No, I'm I'm here. I've made it out of the uh, out of the barrier draw down here at the Gold Coast, alive and well. So uh, we're uh, yeah looking forward to getting into it today, Chris. How was the uh, atmosphere? It looked pretty good from what I saw uh, via the vision there. Yeah, it's a really good morning actually. It's the first time I've been to one of the beach races and the barrier draws for the Magic Moons, and um, yeah, they do a fantastic job down here on the coast. So they um, put on a really good morning. A couple of good uh, good guest speakers, I guess, a few of the jockeys and trainers there to listen to, and. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great morning out. It certainly is. It's a uh, it's a real event. Anyone that hasn't been there for that, well, obviously you can't go this year, but uh, the years roll around pretty quickly the older we get, so we, in no time we'll be down on the beach uh, drawing the 2023 uh, barriers for the two- and three-year-old classic. So make a, uh, make a deal with yourself to get out there and in, enjoy that because it really is a, a great event. Now, as far as barrier draws go, gate number 13 for Cool and Gatternick. What do you think of that? Yeah, Chris, uh, Kieran Mars seems quite, uh, you know, quite unfazed by the fact that he had drawn there. Um, so, look, it, it's probably, they probably wanted to draw a little bit further in, but I think if the five emergencies come out, it goes in the barrier 10, smack bang in the middle of the line. And uh, I think with that man, James McDonald, in the in the saddle, it doesn't matter where they uh, where they jump from. It could probably jump from Broad Beach and still be uh, in a good spot. <laughs> so it doesn't have to lead, you wouldn't think, necessarily? Look, I don't think so. Um, I, I think in a high-pressure race like this, when there's a couple of couple of other speedy horses like the likes of Kusak uh, and even Miss Hellfire drawn uh, drawn inside, Cool and Gatter, like James would probably be able to settle one off the fence, maybe one out, one back, and just get that really nice uh, gun run, as they like to call it. Who do you think will lead? I see Miss Hellfire's drawn eleven before any scratchings. Cusack's drawn six, so possibly Cusack. Yeah, I would expect Cusack to lead, Chris, just off what we've seen uh, in, on debut and with those couple of tri- uh, trials at the Gold Coast that he's had. I'd, I'd imagine it'll have to go forward and lead. Um, sneaky starter potentially could go forward as well, and you never know if one of the Mashani horses might, uh, might go forward and give uh, give another one of the stablemates a chance to, to run on like we saw last weekend. I was going to say, Les Ross was the star of the show there this morning. He seemed to be up on stage more often than he was sitting in his chair. That many Mashani horses going around. He's got three, obviously, in the uh, in the two-year-old classic. Mashani Warfare drew gate seven. Mashani Spartan uh, drew gate three, the giant killer. And Mashani Persuasion drew gate 21. So he's had uh, a little bit of uh, mixed fortunes there, I suppose. I did hear him interviewed uh, after the barrier draw, and he said Mashani Spartan would come out more positively, but then drift back. But I wouldn't expect it to be back uh, as far as he was last week. No, you'd, you'd probably hope not, especially drawing drawn the three alley there. I, I mentioned to one of the guys I was with that it you know, potentially could be last buried away on the fence from barrier three, but um, obviously if he's got a little bit more intention to settle closer, um, that'll no doubt help. But yeah, he um, he will be the giant killer if he can make it a hat-trick of wins to kick off his career, including the big uh, $2 million race. Now, Russian Conquest, gate number four. That looks to be the, the best result uh, for any of the Snowden runners across the two races. That That's perfect for uh, Russian Conquest, you'd have to think. You would think so, Chris. Yeah, I know you're um, half keen on its chances on uh, on Saturday. And after drawing Barrier 4, I think it's it's hard not to be uh, sort of, you know, especially put towards it, uh, you know, its corner, I guess. Uh, it's going to get a lovely run there under Karen McAvoy. Um, 
Yeah, already two from two as well. Defeated Snitcat last start. Snitcat's from inside it in barrier two, and it'll get back. So it's going to just be able to land in that box seat, I would imagine, with uh, you know, potentially jumping from gate three if Swift Exile doesn't get a start. Yes, uh, yeah, it looks to be on paper that the best-drawn runner in the race certainly uh, does Russian conquest. Now, Andrew Bensley, of course, was on the beach this morning. Did you see Andrew there? Yeah, said good day to Andrew. He was uh, he was there taking it all in, of course. So it was uh, yeah, a good setup at the SEN uh, SEN track. Little uh, studio was set up there. They had a good view of the beach and the uh, and the barrier draw. So no doubt that'll be a good afternoon being on trackside. I thought it might have been a bit of uh, Andrew on the mic roving around and trying to pick up some interviews. Well, he did pick up one interview that interests me, but it was uh, pre the barrier draw, and it was Brian Guy, of course, the trainer of uh, uh, Golden Artie, unfortunately has come up with gate number 17. We'll just replay that interview now, but remember, this was pre the barrier draw. Brian Guy, good morning to you. Morning, Andrew. Great to talk to you. This is... Gold Coast humidity, 28 degrees. It's not too bad up here, is it? Exactly, and I think if we both go into the into the beach, it might uh, bring the tide up a bit. It myself. might, it <laughs> might, it will. Uh, let's talk about this build-up. You, you, you've been here for so many years now, but there's nothing like a build-up to the Magic Millions. Oh, the Magic Millions is sensational. Um, the way that um, Katie and Jerry have, have really picked this up has, has been unbelievable. Like, I've been here since... Um, 21 years now and uh, I've just seen it get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's why I hesitated. I wasn't too sure. I knew it was a while. 21 years. Yes. Time does get away from us, doesn't it? We're all getting old, mate. We are. Uh, Let's talk about Golden 80. Um, Golden Golden Arty. (laughs) I get the 80 and the Arty mixed up, but Golden Arty. Gallop this morning at the Gold Coast track. How was everything? Very good. Uh, Benny Thompson come down and rode him work. He was very, very happy with him. He said he felt good, pulled up good. And when he walked off the track, he was still on his toes. So, you know, he was, he was really, um, really feeling himself this morning. That's the main thing. You want to see a horse that's fresh and not maybe tired as a two-year-old. No, well, we, we set this uh, a long time ago when he ran second first up at uh, the Sunshine, at, uh, in town, sorry, at Doombin. And we thought he should have won that day. And so we decided to um, set him for this and we made it our third run to go into the million, so he wasn't over the top and it's just fallen into line for us nicely. The barrier draws are crucial. I'm not going to ask anybody this morning before the draw what they want to because I can often moz, but <laughs> they are important. Tell us about the Gold Coast start from this 1,200. How crucial a barrier draw can be? Very, very. You know, you just like to get into a nice position there. Um, it's a short run to the first uh, corner and then you're on a complete bend into the straight and if you draw wide you can be caught three and four deep the whole way and it makes it a lot harder. We wish you the best mate, it's going to be an exciting week ahead. You're telling me, you know, and it's exciting this morning because my granddaughter's um, doing the barrier draw. They're all walking past the jockeys, they've all been a part of it, good to talk to you Brett, Brett Preble walking past, hey Brian, good luck, have you got other runners outside Golden Arty? No, just Arty, I've got one in uh, Doombin on the, um, on the same day, but um, no, only Arty at the coast. Sounds like though, the horse is fresh, ready to go and just needs a little bit of racing luck, he can be in the finish. We think so. Good on you Brian. Thank you. Thanks mate. Nick Bryan's uh, granddaughter did the barrier draw, I don't think she'll be invited back next year after that effort. <laughs> She might be. Uh, I think she's probably counting the lucky stars that Christmas has already been. Otherwise, there might not be a present from Granddad. Um, uh, I think she sh- mentioned to Hamish McLaughlin that I think Brian wanted between five and twelve, and well, if you add them together, you've got seventeen. So there's that. <laughs> that, 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 um, that 
it'll it'll play into its hands, you'd imagine. And I guess with the likes of Perfect Mission, um, Cool and Gatter and Miss Hellfire all drawn just inside of it, we might even be able to get a little bit of a trail from one of those horses and sort of settle midfield. And, you know, it was a good win the other day. Interesting takeaway from that, though. Brian said that they thought the uh, the horse Golden Artie should have won on debut. Okay, let's take that into account and mark that down as a win. Definitely should have won first up this prep at the Sunshine Coast when he couldn't get clear running. So we marked that up as a win. And then he won his third start. So he could be going into this race unbeaten if things had panned out. And his 21-odd dollars that's on offer now would be a lot shorter. Well, that's right. Yeah, the um, the could have been. I'm sure a lot of owners would be hoping that they, they could have won every start. But yeah, like <laughs> you say, a, a couple of unlucky runs there to kick off its uh, career and we're getting a we're getting a pretty juicy price with uh, I suppose one of the informed uh, jockeys in the state at the moment, Benny Thompson, on his back and knows the horse after riding in its last two. Definitely the case. Now Andrew also caught up with uh, with J Mac this morning. Just got a quick grab. J Mac uh, talking about Cool and Gatter, etc. Cool and Gatter this morning. Everything went to plan. Yeah, all good. She's um, ticking along beautifully. And just the, the, the weather and the track. Uh, you, I think, worked in front of uh, Jemaya. Mm. Are you happy with the track condition given you were out wide? Yeah, I was. Uh, firmer the better for her. So um, as long as it's a good track, she'll, um, she's the one to beat. You picked up a couple of nice rides, mm. Starman, haven't you, after yeah. watching it uh, win there on Saturday? Yeah, that was a pleasant surprise watching him do that. So, um, yeah, no, good chance. There he is, Nick J-Mac. No doubt he'll ride uh, multiple winners come Saturday. Just have a quick look at the three-year-old, uh, the Magic Millions Guineas. Uh, some interesting draws there. What uh, what took your eye out of the barrier draws this morning for in that race? Yeah, well, Chris, going into the to the race, I was actually really keen on Jamea, and I thought uh, Starman off its win on Saturday had to be respected, and they've drawn perfectly next to one another in seven and eight. So it um, certainly helps that I don't have to change the change my uh, numbers around too much after the barrier draw. Um, they're obviously drawn really well. This on fire, it's it's drawn uh, barrier two, and of course it was first emergency, but I think it's Mashani Enchanted that's already been scratched, one of Les Ross's runners, so it'll gain a start, and we know that'll um, really make it a genuine 1,400-metre uh, race. Socialists drawn, drawn the marble as well. Shahonka, middle of the line, there's going to be some, some good speed, and I think Jamea and Starman, they're the two horses that just map perfectly um, after that barrier draw to get every single chance of winning it. I've thrown a text out to, to Trent Edmonds to try and get him to come on and have a chat about the barrier draw for Mimi Lagarde. He's probably still crying because he hasn't got back to me as yet, which is not like him. Uh, barrier 23 before any scratchings. But as you say, there's good speed. And this is not, look, if she can slot in somewhere, I'd still think she's a chance. I mean, locally, she's probably the best hope we've got. Yeah, definitely. She's um, She's been ultra impressive, obviously, three from four and, that day that she uh, she ran fourth, she wasn't beaten all that far. I think it was 0.6 of a length behind Rhapsody Rose, who uh, they you know they're here together on level weights on Saturday. Um, that win last time in the Gold Edition, she she got a fair way back in the run. I think she was might have only had one behind her on the turn. So look, barrier 23, it might almost um, work out for Robbie Frad. No sort of keep her out of trouble, get into yeah. clear air down the middle of the track, and that track can often play play towards the outside. I know they often start to run on. They certainly did on Saturday. I mean, those later races, they came out to the corner of the track. So, yeah, look, it could be, um, you know, it might not be ideal, but it could work out. As you say, it might keep her out of trouble. And it does suit Robbie Frad's style. If you get to the outside and pump down the outside and get her home over them, hopefully that might be the case. 
uh, for Mima Lagarde and the Edmonds team there on the Gold Coast. All righty, thanks, Nick. We'll catch up with you later in the week. Once those final fields come out tomorrow, we'll catch up with you uh, Thursday and Friday. Get your thoughts, but really appreciate your time this morning. No worries, Chris. Thanks, eh? All the best. We'll head for a break. We'll come back and have a chat to Tommy Hackett from Ladbrokes. Surfside Bus Lines. Free shuttle buses to and from the Magic Millions. Visit surfside.com.au. This is Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson. It's the Tuesday morning edition of Magic Millions Radio. Of course, a massive day. Magic Millions sales-wise today with the sales kicking off at the Complex at 12pm. Really looking forward to that this afternoon. Some big names to go under the hammer. Now, speaking of big names, Tommy Hackett from Ladbrokes joins me. Tom, good morning to you. Good morning, Chris. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Did you have a good Christmas and New Year? Great Christmas, great New Year's. And uh, I love that we get such a big uh, event so early in the year now. Magic means it just continues to grow each and every year. And uh, it feels like Spring Carnival just finishes and then bang, we're here for uh, Magic Means. And it's been a great uh, Brisbane Summer Racing Carnival thus far as well. It certainly has. Now, were you down on the beach this morning? I don't think you were, were you? No, I didn't make the trip down this year, disappointingly. The first time I've missed a barrier draw for a few years. But uh, it's always uh, it's a great spectacle there. They're on the beach. Pat and Heels were down there this morning. So, yep. uh, no, no, no trip to the Gold Coast for me this year, but I'll be watching everything uh, from afar with uh, great interest. Yes, well, that might be the safe option at the moment. Now, the uh, market movers from this morning after the barrier draw, I did see in some markets that Cool uh, and Gatter might have just eased out a little bit after drawing gate 13 before scratchings. Yeah, a little bit of an ease for Cool and Gutter. Yesterday was a dollar eighty ease. Yesterday as well, before the barrier draw, got out to two dollars. Now out to two dollars and five. So it's still a clear favourite, Chris. But just a little bit easy. Uh, probably, I, I'm surprised that uh, the the odds on hasn't lasted too long. The money is coming early here for Russian Conquest. It's the only other mm. horse at single figure odds, but it was nine dollars yesterday. Was into eight dollars this morning. Into six dollars now after the barrier draw. It's the only other horse at single figure odds. Soaring Ambition, Miss Hellfire, they're both $11. And there's a big gap here to Stupendo and Miss Shani Spartan at $17. So the, the market suggests that there's sort of these two main chances and then uh, a, a next tier, then a race with a fairly long tail. So it's uh, it's basically going to be a situation of uh, are you with Cool and Gutter or are you are, are you against Cool and Gutter? And if you're against Cool and Gutter, there's plenty of value to be found. There is. And look, I haven't done a speed map or anything as yet myself, but uh, you would say on face value, looking at the field, looking at the barrier draws, Russian Conquest is the one that looks to be ideally placed. Absolutely. I think the market's got it, market's got it bang on here. Russian Conquest has just shown uh, so much ability and still looks to have so much upside as well. So I definitely think the market's got it right here that these that they are the two clear standouts. When we Historically with the Magic Millions, when we have had a short price favourite like a Cool and Gather that's won a race, uh, there's one uh, like a race like the Gimcrack and then came uh, come to Queensland. They've generally been pretty tough to beat. We're talking horses like Capitalist. Obviously, Hootson took a different path that started the race as a short price favourite. So short price favourites do have a pretty good record in the Magic Moon. So uh, I'm, I'm, there's still a bit of water to go under the bridge. It's certainly not ruling out Cool and Gutter. But if you can find a little bit of a chink in the armour, there's, there's going to be some, uh, some, some uh, profit to be made. Okay, so at this early stage, which way are you leaning? I'm at this point at the price. I'm leaning Russian Conquest, but uh, as you, as same with you, I haven't done the full uh, speed map and everything yet. But at this stage, I'm with Russian Conquest. Alrighty, now the uh, the three year old Magic Millions Guineas, of course, the barrier draw, of course, was held for that this morning as well. Uh, any market movers of note out of that race? 
market hasn't really changed an awful amount for the Magic Millions Guineas, a really open race, very different to the Magic Millions Classic. We've got two equal favourites at the moment, Jamea, the classy filly, she's $5, King of Sparta, also $5. I'm Lethal is uh, $6, Starman has been a bit of a market mover after that barrage, or it was $12 yesterday, now into $8. There are horses like Indiscreetly at $10. Even horses like Ben the Knee, who's got ability on its day, $17. Constructors race well as well at $26. So unlike the Magic Means Classic, the Magic Means Guineas in recent years, I've seen some horses win this race at a, a very big price. Last year, AIM, who's obviously a, a very talented galloper, got out to $50 at some point. Uh, Flying Tess uh, knocked mm. off winning Rupert that one year. It was $50. So it's a race that can pop up a winner at a big price. And I think it's a, a very open affair. And luck in running could prove very crucial in this contest. Yeah, it's been open right from when markets went up this race and nothing's really uh, you know, gone ahead of the pack. And there's so much interstate form. I mean, we're local. If we want to see a local win, it's probably going to be uh, Rhapsody Rose or Mimi Lagarde, perhaps, or Far Too Easy. Uh, other than those uh, on the, those ones, there's not a lot on the local front. You would think the winner's going to come from uh, one of these interstate raiders. Yeah, I completely agree, Chris. It's not a race where the locals have a particularly strong hand. I agree. Probably Rhapsody Rose is the best chance, but I'd be surprised if this race isn't won by one of the interstate uh, Raiders. I think Jamea is an interesting horse in that she's raced in the very top uh, level of fillies, and her uh, her wins during the spring racing carnival were very impressive. I think she's a, a filly that always sort of goes around at a bigger price. It's, it's an unfashionable stable. It's a stable that's flying, but not the most fashionable stable. I think if she came from a bigger yard, uh, maybe a, a yep. Chris Waller or even Team Snowden, I think she'd be a clear favourite for this race. So she's always been one of mine, Jamea. You're generally getting a big, better price than $5. And a racing pattern does mean that she always does need a little bit of luck in running. But on her day, she's got one of the best turn of foots in the country in the three-year-old Philly rank. So for me, it's Jamea on top. Uh, and if she gets the luck on her day, I think she'll be too classy for this field. Now, if Labrogue's got markets uh, out for the other race, I know there's no uh, official fields drawn up or no acceptances done for the other races, but there, are there any markets available for those yet? We do. We've got all-in markets for all the major races here, Chris. Magic Millions Cup is going to be a, a cracker. I think it might be one of the highlights of the card. Uh, Apache Chase, equal favourite with Special K, Kementari. Oh. Back to the winner's circle. He's been one of the great enigmas for uh, for punters throughout his racing career, but he seems to have found really good form. 11-11 is one of my favourite horses. $8. Got a great record at Magic Means races wherever. Wyong, uh, the Gold Coast, uh, it just seems to pop up in these races. It ran really well at Gosford first up. It's a, another horse that just seems to go around at a good price every time it starts. So it's $8. It's right there in the mix. Bo Rossa, $15. So it's it's going to be a really good race at the Magic Millions Cup. Magic Million Snip and another great race. Isotope, hopefully there's no uh, repeat of last year. It's a $3.50 favourite. Away game, $4. Bo Ross is in this market as well, as is 11.11. So there'll be uh, a lot of interesting uh, acceptances uh, when these fields come out tomorrow. But it's I think one of the, the Magic Millions Classic and the Guineas have always been great races. But I think in recent years, the, the support card has really uh, improved in quality. And we're set for a, just a, a great overall day of racing at the Gold Coast on Saturday. You speak of Isotope and, and what happened last year with uh, with Ryan Maloney uh, coming off Isotope. Ryan Maloney, we speak to him a lot on the show, but on the various uh, shows we do here on uh, on SEN Track, but he has no luck at all this particular week. The year before, of course, he was first past the post on Alligator Blood, but lost the race due to a disqualification. He's fallen off Isotope last year, and I heard from the trials this morning at the Sunshine Coast Heat 2, he's had a fall there, but apparently he's, uh, he's okay. Uh, I don't know any more than that, but uh, he was okay. The paramedics weren't too concerned. But Ryan Maloney might be better off having a holiday this time of year. 
Yeah, maybe he needs to uh, go back to Victoria for this one week and uh, pick up a few rides there and uh, at, at, uh, while some of the other uh, Victorian jockeys are up here. And that might yeah. be the best way forward for Ryan going forward. But uh, fingers crossed for Ryan. Uh, it, his luck changed on Saturday. Cause he is, uh, there's no doubt he's one of the best, uh, if not the best, uh, jockey in the state at the moment. I certainly hope it does. Tommy, thanks for your time this morning. We'll be speaking to you many, many more times during the week leading into the big day on Saturday. Thanks, Chris. Good on you, Tom. Tom Hackett joining us there from Ladbrokes. We'll go to the news. And when we come back from the news, a bit of fanboy stuff here. We're going to chat to Mick Dittman. Can't wait. Surfside Bus Lines. Free shuttle buses to and from the Magic Millions. Visit surfside.com.au. This is Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson. 350. Shaday under the whip, then Dangerous Seaman. Now Bold Promise is joining in. Pittman put his foot down at the 200 and the favourite exploded. Bold Promise raced away from musical chairs. Then Dangerous Seaman, Shaday, but it's all Bold Promise. She wins pulling up. She wins by almost 10. Bold Promise first, musical chairs second. Bold Promise uh, winning one of her two Magic Millions. I thought we had the other one there as well. She won uh, two in the one year. She won the Phillies division and she won the Open division. Now, we're going to catch up with Mick Dittman. We haven't got him on the line as yet, but when we uh, when we get Mick Dittman on the line, we'll uh, have a chat to him about his wins on Bold Promise all the way back there in the uh, in the 90s. Of course, he won the race on General Nadim, of course, in 1997 as well. He ran third in the race on Dancer's Joy in 1990. Now, Mick rode 1,700 winners, including 88 Group 1 winners. So uh, we, we are, who are a little bit older remember Mick Dittman very, very well. Uh, some of the younger folk won't, but uh, he was a legend of his time, the enforcer. And I welcome him to the show this morning. Mick, it's great to chat to you. Thanks very much. Pleasure to be here. Nah, it's great to have you online. Now, Bold Promise, she's... I tell you what, if you go looking for Bold Promise's record on the Racing Australia side or anywhere else, it's non-existent. It's like she's been wiped from the system. There's no career record. I know she had 17 starts. I think she won eight of them. But I remember her. She had one heck of a turn of foot, didn't she? Yeah, she sure did. She was a very good two-year-old filly. Uh, um, her two wins in the uh, Magic Wins were brilliant. She won the Philly division one, one week and then backed up and won the Colson Gelding division. Yeah, and she won them uh, in the same sort of fashion. She just loomed up on the outside and she just careered away. I, I note uh, uh, Terry Spargo called the race and he said she won the first one by near enough to 10. It looked like about four or five to me. I think Terry might have got a bit carried away there. <laughs> well, she certainly won it easy. Like she was uh, That first one, she, she got back a little bit because she had to fight for a position. She had a wall of horses outside of her. But, you know, when she got into the clear there, coming towards home turn, I got her outside. She had about five or six lengths to make up, but she had them in a hop. You know, she just boom, boom past them quickly. She could really sprint. Yeah, she could. And, of course, uh, she won again as a two-year-old uh, in a feature race. Of course, she won the uh, the Riesling or the Riesling, however you want to pronounce that. And there's a three-year-old. She went on and won the T-Rose. She won the Furious. And she won in Brisbane, too, the Champagne Stakes. Were you on her for uh, all of those wins? No, I wasn't, no. No, I rode her early. That, and uh, as a three-year-old, I don't think I rode her much at all. But um, she didn't do quite as well as what she did as a two-year-old. No. But she turned out a very good broodmare. So, uh, you know, she had a lot going for her. And she was trained by Sterling Smith, another name that uh, is very hard to track down. I was trying to get hold of Sterling for a chat on uh, this segment as well. But uh, uh, he doesn't seem to uh, be around much anymore. Obviously, he doesn't train anymore. But uh, how long did Sterling train for? 
Not for a long time, I don't think. I'm not sure how many years, but he did train for a while. Um, I think his dad was giving him a hand there for a while, and then his dad got crook. Yep. Uh, and I think I think that was the end of him, you know. I think he'd give it away. But um, Tommy had the bowl promise early when she first started racing. But Tommy had bowl promise when she ran in the Magic Millions on the Gold Coast. Now, uh, I mentioned at the top of the segment that it wasn't the only time you won the Magic Millions. Of course, you won on uh, General Nadim in 1997, let's have a listen to the closing stages of that race. He was a ripper, Mick. 21 starts, 13 wins, four placings. He won his first three three career starts by a, a cumulative margin of 13 lengths. And then you had to deal with a wide gate come Magic Millions Day. Yes, he wasn't quite the same horse Magic Millions Day. I won the uh, lead-up race at Eagle Farm on him, and he was brilliant. You know, he was just, uh, you know, had a turn of foot too. But when he ran in the Magic Millions, you know, he was a bit sluggish out the barrier and a bit, bit sluggish to get into stride. And I had to sort of urge him most of the way, but he was a very good colt, that, that horse. He, as he proved, as a three-year-old, but he had a, a lot of ability. Brilliant horse he was. Did you ride him when he uh, he won the Lightning in the Newmarket? I did not. No, I only rode him in the T-Roll race, and I rode him in, in the Magic Men's, and I rode him in one other race after that. I probably rode him three times. Oh well, that was three. Uh, well, wasn't a bad time to ride him, that's for sure. Now, just on some other horses that uh, that you've ridden. Now, I see a lot of replays about. A lot of video uh, regarding this horse, Red Anchor. He, he he was an outstanding horse. He really could have been anything, couldn't he? Yes, he well, he, he well, after he won the Victorian Derby and the Guineas down there, he, and he won the Cox Plate. Uh, he brought him back to Sydney. There was a first year the Triple Crown, and uh, and of course he ran in the first leg, and uh, he, he won that easy. And then after that, he broke down. So, you know, he was a very very good horse, Red Anchor. I, I think he was superior to whatever was about in his day. None of the three-year-olds can beat him, and I could beat him, and I doubt whether the old horses could beat him either. So he would have had a feast if he'd have stood up and been sound. He was a very good horse because he, he was a good sprinter and a good stayer too. Yeah, he was like a mahogany type that could uh, that could mix both up. He was. He, yeah, and he had that turn of foot at the end of his races, which is just, you know, we don't see very often, do we? No, he had a great racing brain too. He didn't really run without a jockey. You know, he knew what had to be done, and, you know, he'd be the type of horse he was always anticipating a run somewhere. He's waiting for you to ask him to go. You know, clever horse and, and, and a lot of ability. Brilliant. Would he be the best horse that uh, you said you, well, you'd think you've ridden uh, over your career? Well, I'm sure him and Red Anchor were. Red Anchor was a very good horse too. He proved himself overseas, but he raced for much longer than... Uh, um, uh, uh, Strawberry Road raced for much longer than Red Anchor. But uh, he was a very good horse too, so there's not much between them. And I just think that... Red Anchor might have been a little bit more versatile and that he could probably win the 1,000 metres where Strawberry Road probably couldn't. You know, he, he, Strawberry Road couldn't have won a lightning no. uh, down the Flemington Strait, but Red Anchor could. He didn't mind the mud, Strawberry Road, either, did he? Yeah, well, he went, well, he went on wet and dry, but he seemed to be a bit better on the mud, but he was a, he was a, he was a good, very good strong stayer, very strong stayer. Strong horse, could, could run time. And he proved that, went all over the world and won. He did. Uh, now, you wound up your career in Singapore. Is that right? You rode there for a couple of years? I rode there for 18 months. Um, I, I got hurt back here. I was back here for the carnival in Brisbane 
after the first 12 months I'd been over in Singapore and uh, got an accident at the barrier and broke my foot, put me out of business. So I went back and done the last six months there. And then uh, they wouldn't relicense me, so I took up a uh, position with a, with a one particular owner over there as manager. And uh, he used to consistently race 30 to 40, 50 horses. He's still going. He's still going strong. So I still do some work for him at the mo- at the moment. I'm back here. But uh, once they get their act together and get people back on course, I'll probably go back there. Yeah, Singapore racing, has it just dropped off a little with prize money over the last year or two? It's dropped off with most things, you know, prize yeah. money, trainers, jockeys. Um, uh, it's, uh, I think it's been very badly handled over the last four or five years as far as administration's concerned. And, you know, it's, 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 it's took a hell of a beating. But it used to be very, very lucrative and a very good business. They're good horses, good tracks, good facilities. It's a shame to see it go down the chute. Do you think there's a, a rainbow at the end there? Is, is it going to pick up, do you think? Uh, I'd have my doubts, you know. Like the, mm. It's been going this way for a long time and it hasn't stopped dropping. You know, like the, they, they, they've got the money to make it turn around, but they don't seem to have the interest. Now, obviously, you wrote a lot for uh, for Tommy Smith. Uh, wrote a lot of winners for him. A lot of successful and and Group Ones uh, feature races. What was it like riding for Tommy Smith? Uh, how was the pressure there? Great. Uh, look, I hardly had a, a a hard word with a, or, or an argument with Tommy. You know, I rode for him for eleven years, and uh, we got on great. You know, Tommy was a great trainer and a great conditioner of horses. You know, he was a popular man, very positive. Um, but you know, when it comes to the riding of the race, he just left it to me. I may lose at times for sure, but you know, it's um, Tommy was a sort of guy that liked his horses up near the lead. But yeah. as you know, most horses can't they can't all race on the pace. So um, you know, they just got to sit and be ridden the way they like to be ridden. But I can't say bad weather about him. I mean, I had a great uh, time with him over the 11 years and had a lot of group winners. He was very, very good to me. Now, I was talking to Pat Welsh this morning, who you know very well, and uh, he was talking about uh, your career, etc., and all the winners that you've ridden and the feature winners, Melbourne Cup winners, Caulfield Cup winners, Cox Plate winners. But he said, when you got inducted into the Australian Racing Hall of Fame, you said to him, this is probably the highlight of my whole career. Still think that? Well, it's it, it's, it's an achievement that just sticks with you, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like it's, uh, if your peers and your people that have judging you consider that you're good enough to be in the racing hall of fame well, i think that's a that's a great achievement and it's uh, you know i'm very proud to be part of it and so you should be now on this show last year i did a, a similar segment with shane die uh, of course who uh, was successful uh, in magic millions races now shane was telling me that he played golf with plays golf with you on the gold coast i think it was the grand the golf course are you still playing with shane Yes, well, he's been um, locked up a little bit because of this COVID yep. after, uh, over the last sort of month, six weeks. But, yeah, when he's free, I haven't played with him for a little while, but I'll probably have a game with him this coming Wednesday. Yeah. Who, who generally wins? Oh, well, he's got the better handicap. <laughs> Is he a ra- bush ranger? <laughs> he can be. He's, uh, he, he, can, he can play. Like, he doesn't play a lot. Yeah. Um, but for someone that doesn't practice or plays, he, he plays pretty damn well. He, you know, he's, he's playing off 16 up here, but, you know, he, when he's playing good, he'd be a genuine 10. Does he have as much well. confidence in himself on the uh, golf course as he did on the race More course? So. More, <laughs> More so. More so. Is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him in Sydney one day. He was, he was, in the, he was about, 180, about 160, 70 metres from the play. 
and he was in a bunker. And it was a fairly high bunker, and he, he took a three-wood. He said, I'm going to hit it on the green. I said, well, no man. Ever. And Tiger Woods kid, and he couldn't get out of there with a three-wood. He knocked it on. <laughs> and then proceeded to tell you all about it for the rest of the round, probably. <laughs> he believes in what he does, and that there, what he, he makes it happen. Don't worry. Yeah, he does. He always did. He was a great jockey, as were you. Thanks, Mick. Really appreciate your time this morning. Hopefully, no, we'll get to pleasure. see you around the sales. No, it's uh, great to have you on have, board. So. And good talking to you. All the best. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Mick. Mm-hmm. Mick Dittman joining us there on Magic Millions Memories for today. We'll head for a break, and we'll come back with more in just a moment. <laughs> Surfside Bus Lines. Free shuttle buses to and from the Magic Millions. Visit surfside.com.au. This is Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson. Welcome back to Magic Millions Radio on this Tuesday morning. I've been able to track down Ben Thompson. Just wanted to have a quick chat to Ben uh, regarding his rides in the uh, the two-year-old classic and the three-year-old guineas after the barrier draws this morning. I'm a bit gutted. Golden Artie's drawn out wide. Ben, good morning to you. How do you feel about that? Hey, good morning, Chris. It um, it would have been a better morning if he drew well, but hey, he's in the race. And um, one thing I probably set up set us up to to draw wide after um, sort of telling Brian that one thing about him is I think he'd be quite versatile no matter what he draws. So hopefully, I, hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm spot on come um, come Saturday. Look, he's listening to Brian talk to uh, Andrew Bensley this morning. He mentioned, and I, I agree, his run first up or debut was, was good. He could have won. He should have won second up. He just couldn't get clear when you needed to. And he did win third up. So he could be unbeaten going into this race. You're spot on. And, um, yeah, exactly. Like he was he was great. He was great at his on debut um, behind Palazzo Spirit, who's more than Frank the form and obviously went on to be a black type winner. So he was so much, he was much better for the, for the outing that day and um, see what he's been able to do since with with, with match practice. Uh, no doubt he should have be, should be unbeaten this prep and yep. it's only rotten luck that, that, that had him beat at uh, at the Sunshine Coast. And obviously in saying that, you sort of can't take anything away from those who finished ahead of him being perfect mission and obviously the Mashani horse. So um, he's, you know, uh, Mashani Warfare that was. He's um, was super last start, beating Soaring Ambition. So he's, he's already, you know, Got a, a smart one that he's that he's uh, been able to hold off. So in his backyard on Saturday, hopefully he can put his best foot forward. All righty. Now the uh, Magic Millions three-year-old guineas. Of course, you are on Rhapsody Rose. You've drawn twelve before scratchings. Yes, another one that um, if it's better than seventeen, but it would have been nicer <laughs> to, to draw a bit softer. But hey, at least she's like, she's a filly that, that makes her own luck. I've had the benefit of of having a few rides aboard her and actually winning her maiden. Um, so she's she's very very smart. Obviously, last start was was uh, obviously she was out of character. A run there and um, just whether the, the the firm track that day at Eagle Farm just didn't suit her because she just didn't seem to find find uh, that next gear that that you know it's, it's almost been custom with to her. So the two runs before that was super um, fourteen hundred sort of proven to be her pet trip. And I can't wait to yeah ride her over that trip on Saturday. All righty. Now, I won't hold you up any longer. I know you've got a busy morning ahead of you. I really appreciate you uh, sparing us a few minutes. Ben, you've been flying of late. Your confidence must be sky high. Keep up the great work. We'll chat to you soon. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Ben Thompson joining us this morning, of course. He is on Golden Artie in the Magic Millions two-year-old classic, and he's also riding Rhapsody Rose in the three-year-old guineas. We will go for a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show for today. 
and we'll have a uh, bit of a discussion, me and myself and I, on what's on the show tomorrow. Surfside Bus Lines. Free shuttle buses to and from the Magic Millions. Visit surfside.com.au. This is Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson. A couple of minutes to go on this morning's show. As mentioned earlier, the sales start at 12 o'clock today in the complex there just behind the race course. We did speak to Tim Rowe yesterday from ANZ Bloodstock and he told us to keep an eye on Lot 1, which is a bay colt by Justify from Eckstein and Lot 52, which is a chestnut colt by the Autumn Sun from Fladay. So keep an eye on those, but just a couple of others. Now look at the list here, uh, the recommended list of ones to keep an eye on today. And I tell you what, there are so many... There are so many I Am Invincibles there, it's not funny. Uh, so they will go for good money, the I Am Invincibles today. There's many of those. Just a couple of others, though. Uh, there's a written tycoon there. One that took my eye was, if I find it on here again, uh, the Justify Global Glamour and the Deep Field I Am a Star. That's lot number 78, the Justify Global Glamour, and Deep Field, I Am A Star, is lot 125. Lot 199, Justify Lady Geneva. So uh, certainly keep an eye on those ones this afternoon. At the sales, which begin at 12 p.m., there'll be a lot of money spent out there today. Now, on tomorrow's show, we will catch up with Tim Rowe from ANZ Bloodstock. We'll go through some of the results of today and what he's got his eye on tomorrow at the sales. Uh, We'll speak to, and I'm really looking forward to this, we'll speak to Frank Cleary. Now, Frank Cleary, of course, he was the trainer of Clan O'Sullivan, who still holds the record for the fastest ever run Magic Millions. Clan O'Sullivan just led from go to woe. He was a speed machine. Uh, He was a great horse from Canberra. So looking forward to speaking to Frank. He's a real character. We'll get Tom Hackett on once again. Just go through some of the uh, the drifters and the uh, shorteners. Once the, uh, the barrier draw has basically been bedded down, I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, action in the markets this afternoon. We'll catch up with all that. And the usual, uh, usual, we might even catch up again with Nick Lloyd to see how he's tracking as well. Looking forward to tomorrow's show, particularly looking forward to speaking to uh, Frank Cleary in the Magic Millions Memories segment. We'll catch you again tomorrow, 10 a.m. Queensland time. Looking forward to it. Have a great day. Make sure you keep your eyes on those sales this afternoon. <laughs>